Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest narrator Patrick Zeller. Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' series, Patrick. How are you doing today? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. This is really cool. I am so excited that you're here. I was very nervous. I'm still a little nervous, but it's getting better. Um <laughs> <laughs> you sound you sound very smooth. I don't think you sound nervous at all. Okay, thank you. Thank you. It's it's a facade. It's a good, I'm good inside of work. <laughs> no. Uh, but anyways, uh, why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got started. Ooh, okay. I, um, I have been narrating. Well, I've been acting for about 20 years, mm -hmm. 20 something years, uh, professionally and had, you know, dabbled a little bit in, in voiceover and stuff. But, uh, when I started, uh, out the technology hadn't democratized everything and, and made it so everyone could kind of get in really hadn't lowered the bar to entry. <laughs> And uh, I just kept pushing in the theater and the TV and film. And then um, I went to grad school a few years back uh, down in San Diego. And a lot of uh, alums had started doing audiobooks and were telling me about it. So when I finally got out of school and um, got back into the market, I hit them up and I said, hey, what do I need to know? What do I need to get? hook me up and they did <laughs> so they told me about acx um i started doing a lot of reading uh joined some facebook groups started asking a lot of questions and um i went from 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 the very very bottom of not knowing anything and just trying to figure it out a little bit like a little bit until i just started auditioning uh because i got my sound where i wanted it or at least close to where i wanted it and then I picked up a couple of titles. They were they were a couple of royalty shares, and I was so 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 excited. Um, and then I realized how long it was taking me, and <laughs> how little money I was making. So I figured, okay, I got to start figuring out how to um, make this a little more efficient and streamline things. And then it was just you know more reading, more talking to people, asking more questions and start sort of building out my my space um in in my garage and it just got a little bit more complicated a little more cool and the sound started getting better and then my learning curve on the technology with the the daw started going way way up and that helped me so i could figure things out and i could troubleshoot um and I started booking more titles. So that was cool because people were into what I was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I still feel new. I mean, I've probably been doing this three, maybe a little over three years, just shy of maybe a hundred or so titles. And I, I love it even more now than I did when I was starting out. Um, and it takes like a real specific personality type, right? Someone who likes to talk to themselves in the dark for <laughs> hours and hours on end. So like some people say introvert, extrovert. I don't know. I, I think you just got to 
like getting lost in your own imagination. And as, if you can do that, then you're, you're good to go. Um, and it's been a, it's been another learning curve since the last year where I've been, you know, exclusively doing this. Uh, it's been so good, but it's also been uh, tricky sharing so much space with my family. I have a wife and two kids mm -hmm. and they're still pretty young. That's another word for loud. And so <laughs> it can be, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could be, it could be tricky. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but we've, you know, we figured out just like anything, you know, it started out with a lot of yelling back and forth. You gotta be quiet. What are you doing? It's like a team of centaurs upstairs playing basketball. But then you, you know, you start figuring out hours that you can share sort of mm -hmm. like when I'm on, when my voice is best early in the day before it gets tired and, and uh, before the stresses of editing or emails or anything starts to creep in. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then uh, they start to learn to, you know, respect what I need. And I start to learn to not yell at them every time they flush a toilet and, and we make it work. Uh, so, yeah. So, so I don't know where, where do I go from that? So that's how I got into it. Uh, things are just opening up now again. So um, doing more TV and film stuff. Uh, I've been writing more because I'm just here. And, you know, I can't talk to myself 24 hours a day. So no, that that's been a little cool. bit problematic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was laughing before because I was going, oh, thank God, someone else that does the same thing I do. Um, <laughs> what, what, loses their temper? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah uh -huh. That, but also the whole like, all right, guys. T minus 30 minutes before I start having to record it, you know, for an interview or stuff like that. Yeah, and everybody's like, yeah. okay, okay. And then they kind of do the countdown. And then I like, okay, where are the dogs? And I have to separate one dog in a different room because Oof. he is not the instigator, but the loud one that will oh, sure. make everything else work. And so the vibe's a lot more calmer when he is in a separate room and mm -hmm. less barking potential to happen uh, but yeah things like the dishes or the, the husband is watching a, a movie like right now i think he's still watching aliens because you know classics um yes. <laughs> so i'm like you yes. the volume of that one because mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um <laughs> but i was like yay i'm not the only one good thank you yeah. thank you no, for that i no, feel better you're not. You're not. <laughs> and you know you, what's what's cool is that having to share the space has sort of forced me to work harder about uh, knowing how to control the space better. Mm -hmm. So like I, I added another layer of soundproofing to my booth and, you know, figured out, I just figured out my ventilation better and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff, little oh, things. Yeah. You know, it's necessity is the mother of invention, right? It, it, yes, that is true. Yeah. Um, you mentioned writing. Um, are you writing like screenplays and or books or both? Yeah, I um, I you know, I've I've got some ideas for for <laughs> for writing, but um, you know, I'm I'm a pretender at best. I I love I just love telling stories. And a buddy of mine and I had a great idea for a web series about two years ago uh, about a bunch of stay-at-home dads who connect over a social media app called uh, Wolf, Wolfpack. And they go out on these, you know, dad dates, but they're all disastrous. It's, it's funny and it's sweet and spoke to us. So we wrote this, this web series and uh, shot it 
a little while ago and now we're in the you know process of sending it to festivals and all that stuff and writing the actual uh full-length pilot right now um but then once i started doing that it got me all excited about you know what other stories do i have to tell what other things do i want to do so then i had this idea for another series like a big sprawling historical fiction thing and then one about like my hometown this weird little nook in northwestern connecticut and i don't know as long as as long as i can fit the time in to do it mm -hmm. then i'm i'm happy to to do it and that's really all it is it's just it's just sitting down in front of a computer if three or four times a week i can force myself to sit down in front of a, a computer where uh, i don't have to then you know an hour later two hours later i've got pages in front of me and i can just keep going and then and then once I have the thing, I can go back and I can play with it. Da, da, da. And that's how we ended up with a whole web series. So then I have to just do it again, but um, <laughs> wait for something else. Yeah, well, that web series sounds really interesting. And I'm it's fun. look it's forward to it. Um, the, I have a, a dear friend who is a, a stay-at-home dad. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, and so with, with two little ones. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those, like, we'll text each other in the morning, like, hey, what's on your docket? And then I tell him all my stuff that I have to do. And then I'm like, so what's your day? And he's like, to take over the world, pinky, like every day. And I'm going, oh, okay. So, um, and he goes, there's going to be a dance party. Um, and I go, which movie are we doing? He goes, uh -huh. you're still not going to watch Brave Viv. I'm like, damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. I think they're old enough to do brave. Um, <laughs> so that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because you have so much in common with you know the the moms that you see in the pickup lines at school mm -hmm. and at the playgrounds and all that stuff, but at the same time, there's this weird. It's not the same. It's not quite the same experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my no. buddy and I, being actors uh we're you know we 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 work outside the home but we're at home a lot raising the kids and so we mm -hmm. have this kind of very specific take on it we thought it'd be fun to to do it so all the social media stuff is up so you can follow that it's, it's oh cool um, yay packed the series uh so people can find that on facebook and instagram and twitter and stuff and we just kind of keep it fun and give everyone updates about how the series is going and and when they'll be able to see it but other than that it's just about bonding over chaos mm -hmm. yeah. yep <laughs> it sounds like fun for that series are, are you guys taking ideas from parent like dads that are doing this in real life oh always always yeah, cool always everyone has a fantastic story and mm -hmm. you would never believe it if you didn't know that it was real mm-hmm I have to tell so my friend about to... that saying, submit the one with the Sharpie. Ah, <laughs> do and, it. The, and the white countertop. <laughs> do it. And picture it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. And then now it's gone. It's forever. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun Google search, by the way. Um, what okay. removes Sharpies out of counters? Okay. <laughs> Google's good for everything. Yep, it is. Um, any thoughts about writing a romance book since you're narrating a lot in this genre? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, geez, it's, it's what I, I mean, before I started doing the audio stuff, I would read maybe three books a year, four books a year, just because I was always preparing for an audition or I was preparing for, you know, a, a play. 
And so all of my time was going towards prep for those and, and just trying to learn about the world or the person or, or whatever. So I didn't have a lot of time for reading for, for pleasure. And then something would randomly hit me and I would say, or I'd hear something on NPR. Like, oh, I got to get that one. Mm-hmm. And so I would get that one. But it was honestly a lot of nonfiction, uh, either history or biography or something like that. So then, uh, then I started doing all the audio. And I am, like I said, I still feel new. Like I'm a, ba- I'm a baby, you know, people have been doing this for you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And, and I have so much to learn and it's so great when they share and they do share. That's another thing I love about this world. This industry is uh, narrators and uh, authors are so happy to share what they've learned and figured out um, in a way that in other parts of enter it's, it's the difference between publishing and entertainment. I think mm-hmm. from my limited experience in entertainment people guard guard knowledge and secrets much more carefully until they trust you and 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 know who you are uh or know what you can do for them uh whereas in publishing people it's much more open Mm -hmm. Uh, it's much it's breezier i guess is what i'm looking for um so i would love to write uh a romance god um it's what it's what's in my head all the time now. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, most of the time she lives up to it, but, uh, mm. but sometimes you just can't. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's cool though. It is cool. I think for me, if I were to write something fictional, I think it would probably be something more in the fantasy direction. I can see that. Um, it would be something that would be f- super fantastical and whimsical, but would also be uh, historical, you know, there, so it would either be like, you know, a few hundred years ago, or it would be like thousands and thousands of years ago and trying to put together what little archeology span and sociology stuff I know and anthropology stuff I know with what my wherever my imagination goes that that's really interesting to me i would i would love to spend some time doing that but i'm not a writer so it would be for me you know it would be fun and and i would enjoy it just so you know that's how a lot of authors start. <laughs> I so hear know. that. I <laughs> do so hear you know. that. So go ahead. You have the screen, the, the screenplay stuff to figure out and do and finalize. And then now you have this yes. stuff too. So yes. you're, you'll get there. That yeah. was what I wanted to be before mm-hmm. I got serious about anything was mm-hmm. a writer as a kid for the longest time. And even into high school, I thought I was going to be a writer. But then I got bit by, you know, theater stuff. And then someone said, um, someone said, they were, they were memorizing lines and it wasn't for the show we were doing. I said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm trying to memorize a line for, or a monologue for my college audition. And I said, what? And it was like the, the record, you know, at the party, it just scratched across. And I said, you, you can study this in college. It's a real thing. <laughs> this is whoa. And that was pretty much it. And from that moment on, it was just about talking to people who had been doing it longer than I had. And it was about, um, trying to get in front of a camera or on a stage every opportunity I could. And then, you know, of course, in front of a mic. Um, yeah, it all, it all came from back then. It was going to be writing, but then once I started performing, it's 
I had a conversation with some friends about this. I have a really tight group of friends from um, New York and, and Connecticut. We helped get each other through the pandemic meeting every Friday uh, for, for drinks over Zoom. And a lot of us were in New York, but I'm in California. Some of us were spread out, you know, either in New England or other parts. Um, but these, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Oh no, I just ruined the story. <laughs> You're fine. Where, where was I going? I was talking about uh, this group of people. We were getting together. Because you, were, right you started off that? writing and then you got bitten by the actor bug. And you were just yeah. talking about that um, with your friend. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So talking with this this group of people, someone said, so why are you doing this, man? You know, you're you're in your 40s. You're still, you know, you're still playing that lottery ticket. And, you know, I've had some success, you know, enough that I'm willing to keep going. People seem to like what I do. Uh, but I could probably make a lot more money selling real estate or, uh, I don't know, doing something else um, that was more stable and and didn't put my family through as much yelling. And I said, I don't know. It has something to do with when you're young and you get put in these high stress situations with small groups of people, uh, whether you're a coal miner or uh, in the military or, uh, you know, training to be a fireman or, you know, a theater kid. You put a bunch of young people in high stress situations and give them a chance to succeed. And that adrenaline, that high just never goes away. You spend the rest of your life chasing it. Even if, uh, you know, you lose friends because you work in a dangerous profession mm -hmm. or your industry is absolutely clearly on the decline and will never be profitable again. Or all the odds are against you ever booking a series or, you know, making millions and millions of dollars as an actor. For some reason, you chase that experience you had when you were younger and you'll just, you just, you just never stop. I mean, some people get smart. They find something else that's fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And every day I think I wake up and think, am I still, do I still want to do this? Is there anything else that would make me as happy or as fulfilled? And every day so far, the answer is no, but it's like, it's the only thing that's going to make me fire on all cylinders all the time. You know, my imagination physically it's taxing. It's, it's, um, it keeps my curiosity engaged. It's intellectually challenging. Like you're always trying to figure out well, what does this really mean? What's this person really, what is, what am I really trying to say here? Um, and I don't know, I've never found anything that hits me that way. And I'm so grateful that I found uh, the audiobook stuff that allows me to do it every day from the comfort of my own home, which is which is pretty convenient. Yeah, I, I think that um, it's a sad story sometimes for people when they can't follow where their passions because they have to adult and they have to be responsible and they can't afford to do it. Um, and so if you're able to do it, oh, I'm so whether as, as, a, as a, even if it's a, as a side hustle, you know, sure. I, I think it's, it helps you fulfill that chase 
And mm -hmm. it's important, I think, for us to realize that we're only here for a certain amount of time and yeah. we should do the best and the most of that what we can with what we have, but also remember to be happy while we're doing it. Because otherwise, yeah. a nine to five is a killer. You nope, know, it's brutal. It can't it's be brutal. brutal. No, not everybody's yeah. cut out for that. I've had I've had my share of mm -hmm. temping when I was uh, starting out in New York, and then when I moved to LA, I was lucky enough. I had someone's dream job. I was working at a a sports agency, and like a Jerry Maguire type situation. I was working in the HR department uh, of relative of my wife's was able to get me in there and I was kind of her assistant and the upside was I was able to leave for auditions I was even able to leave when I booked like a movie out of town or something like that I couldn't go do a play out of town for a few months but I could still keep doing my thing but for the first time in my life I had health insurance and I had paid days off <laughs> vacation sick days like these were things that as a freelancer and an artist you just don't you hear about it yeah. you know what i mean you you've got friends and family who it's it's nothing to them but when it comes to your colleagues and peers this is like this is gold so i knew how good i had it and i worked my tail off at this this job because i didn't want to lose it but then after four years because I'm, I mean, let's let's be. I'm not a sports guy. I, I I get it that some people live and die by sports, but I never. I just I don't I don't get it. Once in a while, you know, I'm I'll feel I'm feeling real tribal with like UConn basketball yep. or <laughs> or like my grandpa was a huge uh, Red Sox fan, so I'll 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 lean in if it's on, but. You know, uh, I just don't have the, I have so many other things that I'm curious about that that's just too, I don't know, repetitive. And, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a million reasons, mm -hmm. but so I'm working at the sports agency, uh, someone's dream job clearly. And four years after I'm there, my wife's cousin who hooked me up, she's moved on. Uh, any other managers have that have had anything to do with that agreement about me being able to come and go and they've moved on. So everyone's starting to look at me like, so Patrick, cause I'm still doing the same like BS coordinator assistant type stuff, pushing papers, making things clean, replacing the copy paper, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, four years later, and now my wife and I have had our first kid. And so I'm, I'm loving this uh, and I still get to act. They're looking at me like, so Patrick, you thinking about moving up in the company or what do you want to do? You still want to go with the acting? And I had to be honest. I was like, guys, I've got, you know, 15 years almost in this. I'm not going to stop acting. Um, but tell me what you need. And I'm, I'm available. I'll, uh, I know what I've got here. So then things started getting complicated and one day I remember having to tell my agent that I couldn't get to an audition because I had to sit and cover the goddamn front desk <gasps> and it was like I, I was like you know a 35 year old man telling my and I had worked so hard and I it's not like I was just 
pissing it away. I know, you know, how hard an agent has to work just to get you one audition. Uh, and I just, that was like a low point. It's like, okay, this isn't going to work out. So I think that's when I started looking for grad school. Um, and then I was lucky enough to book two big national commercials right away. And being in the HR department, I was pretty confident there was, I was not in the budget for the next year. And it was, you know, the fall. And so I booked these two, these two commercials and it was able to like leave on my own terms, still friendly with everybody, mm -hmm. but then kind of dive in. And from then it's been, you know, mostly just acting or teaching and that has made all the difference. I, I was not built for that nine to five situation because yeah. I just need new, I need new information, new experiences every day, or I just have a hard time caring, showing mm -hmm. up. But I mean, I mean, how entitled is, is that of me to say that, right? How many millions of people show up, you know, they don't care, but you know, you've got responsibilities, you got whatever, but yeah. I, I'm just grateful. I was able to find my little niches and get what I need in order to do the thing that I know I'm good at mm -hmm. and help and someone love. else. Yeah, exactly. And help someone else do their thing, you know, because I'm, I get it. I'm, I didn't write the book. I didn't, I know I didn't write the, the movie or, or direct it or any of that, but I'm there to help other people make something super, super beautiful. And more importantly, touch someone in the audience to move them mm -hmm. um teach them something or, or whatever it is yeah and it's not just about me like i am <laughs> i i am super you know selfish and entitled being so lucky to be able to do the thing i do but it is ultimately about trying to illuminate something for someone else or elevate something for something else, someone else and now you're doing it with audiobooks yeah yeah it's 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 so cool it's so cool. I had no idea. You know what? I, I think the thing that I appreciate most about it is having been in LA for the last uh, 10 years or whatever. Um, I, I got so used to doing so much TV and film where I really am just a smaller piece of the, the overall story mm -hmm. that I only, I've only been able to do a handful of plays and well, of course in grad school, a whole bunch. Of, um, doing the audiobook stuff is a lot more like putting together uh, a play because as a, as the actor, I have a lot more artistic input in the story and the performance and how it all gets put together in the end. And so that's very gratifying. Uh, whereas, you know, TV and film, I'm happy to show up and, and go where they tell me and, and give them my two cents about how, how it's supposed to be, but also the checks are a lot better, but that's, that's <laughs> what it is. You know, yeah. that's what's so cool about the audio stuff is I have so much artistic input. Mm -hmm. Which is great too, because we love what you've been doing. Um, but also that you'll have that, which is again, what, what I'm going to ask is as far as your process goes, when mm -hmm. you've been cast for a book, how, what do you go, what does your prepping process look like? Well, it depends on the book, doesn't it? Uh, the genre, uh, what's going on. The thing about audio is I'm, I'm, I'm trying to serve two masters. I'm trying to serve uh, the team putting it together. Well, I guess three masters, the team and putting it together, uh, the editors, the, the rights holder, um, 
the other the co-narrators uh and i'm also trying to serve myself and and make sure i feel good about what's going on but the other one is time i have to make sure that at the end of the day this is i'm going to stay soluble and i can keep doing this and pay the bills and all that stuff mm -hmm. so depending on the book when i started this i didn't care and i was just going i was just reading and going and reading and of course that put me into some sticky situations where oh i didn't realize that guy was french and i'm <laughs> 300 pages in you know such a rookie move it's, but it's I a love total it. rookie move it's a total rookie move but the problem is is you get away with it you know two or three times and then you're like okay this is how i do it this is what i do and then you get burned and then you start figuring it out Mm -hmm. uh so so yeah first to read the book uh depending on you know what kind of book i might read it faster or slower um i'm not a fast reader so this has been a huge obstacle for me when i approach this material i've never been a fast reader i'm 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 the kind of guy who always says it in my head at the speed of talking uh, and that's the only way I enjoy it. That's the only way I really digest it. So doing this in the last year and a half, two years, uh, as I've taken this full time, I've learned to read fast and learn how to recognize, oh, here's character information I need. Here's plot information I need. Here's vo vocal characteristics that I need. And I can stop take some notes and move on. And then, I mean, I will take any information. I'm not, I don't have a big ego about the characters and the voices until I'm like two or three books into a series. Then I feel a little proprietary about things. But when I'm working with other narrators, you go first, make some decisions. That saves me time. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm also happy to do that myself. The only thing I don't want to do is talk about it for a week and go mm -hmm. back and forth about making decisions and that kind of thing. No, we make a decision and we'll go. It'll be great. You're a creative person. That's how you got the job. I'm a creative person. That's why I love doing this. So we'll figure it out. Well, let's, let's get it done. So yeah, serving those three masters is, um, is the tricky part. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of voices I come up with on the fly. And most of the time that works best because I'm really using my right brain and it's, it's, it's an impulse. I've already read the book. I know where these people are coming from. I know the situation. I know, you know, their emotional state and all that stuff. So that's best. What's tricky is when you get a book like, um, I'm doing a book called, or a series uh with a lot of brothers a lot of <laughs> a lot of brothers the story is about um these guys who grew up in a polygamous cult and you know the oldest ones get out and become billionaires in their own right very successful of course like you do yeah and and the father the patriarch of this polygamous cult keeps dumping them off on the older brothers so you've got like 20, 30, 40 guys who are all brothers. And, 
you know, most of the main characters are all within 10 years of each other. And then I really got to earn my, earn my money with, you know, how do I keep these guys separate? And, uh, that's turned out to be way more fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be killing me and slowing me down the whole time, but it's not, it doesn't because the writer, the writer's fantastic. And, and so what she does is she develops these people in a way that, you know, in one description, who they are, where they're coming from and how they're going to relate to everyone else in the room. And as long as you do that, you're golden. I, I mean, as long as the author does that, you're mm -hmm. golden. I have been fortunate enough. I have only worked with authors who I think, at least so far, have really mm -hmm. got that stuff together. Mm -hmm. I can't say there have been very many times where I really had to, f quote unquote, fill in the blanks with something or overdo something just to make a distinction between a, a couple characters. Mm -hmm. uh, so I listen, I don't get to talk to a lot of people, so I'm just going to keep talking. You, you, feel, you feel you want to jump in anytime, please do. Okay, so when it comes down to that process, um, mm -hmm. I was talking to, um, often speaking of authors, uh, mm -hmm. author TJ London. Yeah, she's lovely. She said some rather nice things about you. Oh, <laughs> I'll say some nice things about her. Yeah, so TJ, don't kill me if I wasn't supposed to share. Um <laughs> <laughs> Nothing too embarrassing. So she's the author of the Rebels and the Redcoats saga. And mm -hmm. it's a US, you know, like a US historical fiction with romance involved in it. So it's kind of fallen into the romance category as well. She says how you created the Delancey's voice was so thoughtful. And that you know, mm -hmm. he goes, she says, he's just an artistic artist, a true actor. I adored that about him. Oh. Yeah. So that's her series. That she current that series currently has four books out and i know that book two just came out in april yes how is that process if or it was that process different because it is a multicast book similar uh it's very similar like for the audition when i came up um jacqueline sent me the the text for it and i had already done one book with her so we were still kind of new to each other and it was a very different it's like a motorcycle club romance <laughs> thing so it was like all the you know crazy gravel and just just destroyed my throat for a few days this was different this was a historical romance and i don't get to do i haven't done a lot of historical romance i love history so that got me super excited about it i love dialects uh i've got a pretty good ear for stuff i can usually pick up a new dialect in a day or two um and this had that so I really, really wanted it, but I still didn't know what I still didn't know what was going to happen. And I'm reading through the, uh, through the audition text and uh, I can't remember what it was. It was like the, the description for it. I couldn't tell one was supposed to be Irish or a faint Irish and one was supposed to be English, but I had read for both characters and i didn't know which one but i didn't want this to be any later than it had to be i wanted it like get to her right away so she could hear it and so i did, i did like i did like six auditions the same text like six times because i wanted her to know that i had uh, some range on this i could do whatever you want um and then 
they had it and they zeroed in on the one they liked and they said this guy but you know with this twist and she gave me a little redirection and i went back at it and i was able to i knew exactly what she where she was going what she wanted for it so i was able to really lean into um this rather maniacal uh a sociopath who who had been uh in the british army but you know was irish uh and he was i don't need to say more than that so i was able to lean into you know this pretty graphic pretty graphic audition and i think that was enough that um turned around she liked it she thought, mm -hmm. she thought it'd be a fun addition to the cast. And I was so grateful because then I got to hear how it all turned out. And I said, wow, these people brought it. It was yeah. a lot of fun. No, that's definitely, um, again, it's, it's a saga. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of emotions and and being a historical one, there's, there's even more information and things like that. And I know sometimes people, it could be a little daunting when there's so much information, but that's also like why I love audio because it helps mm -hmm. with keep, keep, keeping things a little bit more focused. Yeah. All that information is kind of coming at you. You're going, okay, what was that? Oh yeah. The audio. Okay. Got it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny the way, you know, different brains process mm -hmm. uh, information differently. I have been, I've been doing this audio stuff for, you know, three, three plus years now. And I don't think my wife has listened to a single book that I've done. <gasps> she has helped me proof a couple times in a mm -hmm. pinch. And uh, so that, in that sense, she's she's listened to them, but never just on her own. My mother-in-law, she listens to books. She hasn't listened to any of mine. I don't my, think my own mother. Listening. Well, right. I keep telling her. I tell her this one is a not safe for work one. This one, this one be fine. This one, I don't know. <laughs> um, the my my own mother is a like huge reader, voracious reader, and she hasn't touched them. And I keep telling her, Mom, you would like this one. What's going on? And she says, it's just, I can't, I can't focus. It's just, it's just talking. It's just talking. I need to read it. Okay. So some, for some people it works better and for some people it yeah, doesn't. I remember learning that a lot of dancers are very uh, auditory in their processing mm -hmm. because that's how they learn new material. Their whole career is learning the steps and seeing it and then, you know, kinesthetically making it happen. But a lot of dancers that I know love listening to audiobooks because mm -hmm. that's how they're used to receiving new information. Mm -hmm. And it makes a multitasking and cleaning your house a lot more fun too. Oh man, <laughs> man does it. And, yeah. and all those, those drives I have going back and forth from yeah. San Diego to LA are, it's just great. It's golden for it. That is true. That's one thing I think I missed the most about the day job was my drive to and from work because uh -huh. I could listen to audiobooks. <laughs> yeah. It was one of the reasons at that day job years ago, the sports mm -hmm. agency, I think they started tapping their foot about when I was going to leave because I always had something that I was listening mm -hmm. to. And, and they just wanted to know I was thinking of them. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking of them. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, they, you know, for the day job is like cubicle world for me. So I was always with my earbuds so I can focus. And sure. I had someone asked me like, how can you focus with me, the music or the books on? And I go, I just zone everything out. And I just, yeah, it's I so much just, easier. Yeah. So there's so sometimes when those scenes start happening and then you get, you just yeah. stop working on your spreadsheet and then you're going, Nope, I need a break. Well, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing is with bosses and managers, you know, they mm -hmm. don't necessarily get that unless they're you know, cut from the same cloth. Yeah. They need reassurance 
or mm-hmm. feedback that you're doing what they what need. Exactly. And if you, if you don't figure out a way to give them the feedback they need mm-hmm. so they chill out, then they take your earbuds away. And that's I know. No that's no fun at all. No, they cannot. I wish someone had taught me that when I was, you know, in my 30s and I would have been, <laughs> I would have been all set, but then I wouldn't be here. And this is exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't be talking. I'd probably be doing yeah. the day job thing. No. Yeah. You had uh, touched a little bit on the accents and dialects. Do you have a favorite accent to perform? <sighs> no, I like them all. I have a couple that that have stymied me. Like mm-hmm. one day I am going to just make it a summer project. I'm going to learn South African, uh, uh, a white South African, a white South African accent that like hint of Dutch with the English and uh, all that Afrikaans. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a crazy you, most accents, most dialects are just an algorithm, right? You just have to make certain adjustments. Like all languages is consonants and vowels. It's all it is. And you just have to make an adjustment on these vowels and these consonants and maybe the rhythm and you're good. Sometimes an accent will have a sound like a h that English doesn't have. So you have to add that. And just remember that. But the algorithm in South African changes constantly. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a moving target. So I, it's a really hard time for me to zero in. And, mm-hmm. and I can get it for like a, a phrase or two. That's not a problem, especially if I can find someone to do it for me. I can mimic it. Mimicking mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, is easy for me. But to be able to be fluent with it and to just talk is much more difficult. And if you're, excuse me, if you're doing a whole novel in that, mm-hmm. you, you've got to be fluent in it or you'll just, you're not going to make any money because you're going to take two months to finish the book kind of thing. And then you're going to get people mad at you and you don't want to do that. So. I was going to save those reviews or, mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> another one, ooh, another one I've, I had tr- trouble with mm-hmm. um was is scandinavian any scandinavian accent uh so you've got your your hurdy dirty dirty swedish chef you know you could do that and that's fine if you're doing some sort of comical or if it's like a character that's only there for a couple lines or something like that but i had a bunch of characters come up that were like these ancient vikings you know these hardened battle hardened warriors and they uh (laughs) they were speaking you know scandinavian just you know a thousand years ago but i had to base it on something that would be familiar and so i dive into i dive into a bunch of scandinavian dialects and i find a youtube video that's all of the scandinavian countries uh, maybe two or three at a time, just talking smack about each other. So you've got two <laughs> Icelanders talking about how the the Norwegians are so stuffy, and the Norwegians talking about how the Finns are so uh, I don't know uh, backwards, and the Danes who are saying the Swedes are so uh, snobby. Like it's it's a weird thing and they're all just making jokes about each other but you get to hear all of their accents and some of the videos are mixed you get to hear this like 12 minute thing of a lot of scandinavian 
And I don't need to be able to, for this book, I didn't need to be able to pick out the difference between a Danish speaking English and a, and a, a Finn speaking English. I didn't have to do that, but I just needed like some sounds. Mm. Now, the problem with that is contemporary Scandinavians are very kind, <laughs> mild mannered people. I don't know how they went from the most bellicose, violent, bloodthirsty people on the planet to being the social Democrats, you know, with universal health care and everything. Now, I don't know how they went from one to the other, but they did. And so it was really tricky to to reconcile that um, accent that they were doing that sometimes sounded a bit German um, and uh, sometimes a bit Dutch even, and sometimes a bit English because you know that a lot of their teachers um, learned English in England or were English themselves. Uh, and so the thing that made them uh, Scandinavian was the way that they were so polite about everything, even when they were insulting one of their neighbors. Um, so I couldn't put that into a hardened battle Viking. You know, I had to figure out how to get some of those sounds, but stick it into this gravelly, old, wizened Viking. And I don't know, hopefully I hit the mark. Some of it might, maybe not, I don't know. But it was a lot of fun to get to do. And that is what like you live for, is to get some project where it's like, well, this doesn't, how am I going to do this? this mm -hmm. does, I, all the resources I have available to me, it doesn't add up. I can't say this is it. So that's where I get to, you know, be creative and take some license. And then once you've filled your head up with, okay, these are the sounds that I'm using. Uh, this is the, this is the rhythm I'm using. Here's, here's, uh, here's what I need to know. Mm -hmm. Then I can kind of throw all that out and I can, just focus on the character stuff and as long as i stick with the character stuff i'm usually okay and when i do a you know a second pass to line up a lot of the the dialogue and stuff if something sounds super off then i can go back and i can kind of tweak a little bit here and there cool. but uh, those are the best those are the best mm -hmm. assignments yeah, I know accents sometimes can be tricky and the good news is that from a listener perspective it just needs to be enough so we know that there, yeah. There See, this is this, this is where I am a baby in, in the <laughs> audiobook world. Yep. Right, because I'm coming from TV and film and theater, and you know, you know, I don't know how many years of studying dialects and language and voice. So I don't, I don't want to do a little bit. I don't need to do like the most authentic thing. But I'm gonna try as close as I can get. Now the problem as the masterful uh, PJ Oakland reminds me, uh, who's, who's definitely a, a, a mentor to me, I gotta, I gotta say, he's just a fantastic and talented uh, artist and teacher who we worked together uh, on, a, on a film first before I ever worked with him for audiobook stuff. But um, he reminds me, in audio, you could be as authentic as you want, but if they can't, understand what the heck you're saying it doesn't matter and mm -hmm. and you've just wasted all their time and their credits downloading mm -hmm. your your book so you got to be careful and sometimes you have to split the difference mm -hmm. as a lot of my proofers will be happy to <laughs> remind me 
So yeah, it's, yeah. it's an adjustment for me mm-hmm. um, to, to, to do that, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to like the Scottish stuff, because oh, yeah. that can go, that can go crazy. But, and, <laughs> and that's the thing is like, when you have a lot of Scottish characters, like how mm-hmm. are you differentiating them? I mean, are you going to do it by region? Because if you do it by region, then they're not going to understand a lot of those Highlanders. And if you do it by just by like, how strong the dialect is like then are you staying consistent with certain characters or are you going to start confusing people because oh that was like the number five out of ten scott or that was the number three out of ten like so you got to be really careful yeah it's 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 the consistency is important that's that's for sure yeah yeah and that's that's what you try to remember yeah and those are all things that as more years past that you're now and more books too. That's the other thing too. Sometimes it is not so much about how many much years you've had in this industry. It's also about how many books you've done. Yeah. It's about they, repetition. Yeah, exactly. So that helps out. Now that you've done a bunch of these books, um, Audible says that you have right now, either it says 80, but that's because either those are, those eighties are either available now or up for pre-order, but I'm sure right. you have a lot more than right. that. Um, yeah. Something just shy. I think I, yeah. I was just counting before this because I thought you might ask. I think it's just <laughs> shy of 100. Yeah. So like by the end of the month, I think it'll be right at 100. Yeah, or whenever Audible decides to release anything that they have in their queues. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, you've done various types of narration from singular where it's just you to dual where you do all the male chapters and the female narrative does all the females and also duets where it's almost like a Broadway play. And, and the multicast. And then yeah. now the multicast. Do you have a preference? Oh, no, no, no. Work is work. I, I love it all. I love okay. it all. Uh, I, I prefer um, prepping a book that's just me or dual. Prepping a multicast is, feels tedious because mm-hmm. I have 30, 20% of the book, but I still got to read the whole thing. So if it's a long book, and I'm like, oh my God, get through this. I got to get recording. I got to get recording. I got questions I need to get answered. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, trite. It's, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's another question for you. The romance genre. What's, yes. What's your favorite part of narrating romance? Oh my God. My favorite part is when, because you'll get, you don't get desensitized to it per se. But my favorite part is when I'm in here and I'm reading something and then all of a sudden alone in the dark, I am blushing because of the thing that I just (laughs) said into a microphone that I know, you know, a whole lot of people are going to hear. That's one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. Anytime. Yeah. So, so I guess that's really just about being surprised. I love anytime I'm surprised. It's cool. Yeah, you've had to say a couple of interesting steamy stuff, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah. I have. You know, I can't imagine like I said, I'm a I'm I'm a puppy. I'm a I'm yeah. a, a new guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh I hear from a lot of uh folks, veterans who've been listening for a long time and who have been recording for a long time and producing for a long time things have changed a bit in the last 10 years or so Mm -hmm. uh where things used to be much more read or recited and now they're more acted or performed Mm -hmm. and so i imagine you have a lot more uh experiences where the voice 
is there. They're going through it. They're doing that thing. And when you're in an explicit situation, even if it's in your imagination, you're there, you're, <laughs> you're, you're doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And um, that's got to be wild for people who used to love romance and now really love romance or used to love romance. And now it just feels pornographic, like they can't handle it because it's too much. It's like calling a phone sex line or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that like I'm telling a story and I love these characters and they're having a good time. And so that's fun to be a part of. And it's fun. It's also fun to be the, the, the female in that situation, you know, and um, I've only done one, uh, one gay romance and also fun uh, to be, to be in there, like to be with these characters that are becoming so vulnerable and again, having so much fun. That's a, <laughs> that's a treat. That's not something you I would necessarily want to do on, on TV and film mm -hmm. in the same way, because it's a kind of you're I've done love scenes in TV and film and, and on stage I've done, I mean, I've done nudity on, on, in, in, on all of it, but it's not, it's not the same kind of vulnerability when it's just mm -hmm. your voice. There's, there's uh, I don't know if it's the anonymity of it. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's special and it's, it's cool to get to do it. I think some have said that because it is your voice and just your voice, that sometimes it could be the whole like, oh, people think this is how I sound when I'm having sex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. <laughs> but sure. that's, yeah, but yeah. that's also where you're going, ooh, okay. So that's all that then becomes that's the vulnerable part where you're sharing a bit or you think that you're sharing a bit more of yourself that you maybe wanted to. Right. And, right, some, right. and some have said, that's not at all what I sound like and right. things like that. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, I know that from a listener's perspective, people have highlighted those scenes sometimes that you guys narrate and provide it to their partners and say, later tonight, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a manual. Yeah. That's great. Or they discover that they like something or they want to try something new and they didn't sure, know that sure, there was a sure. kink that they were into. So, hey, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. one of the one of the things I love about romance is having that open dialogue and being able it is to a big wild world, isn't it? It is. And it's romance great. is an umbrella term that I, I like to call say that it's an umbrella term because underneath the, that umbrella are all these subgenres. Sure. You know, paranormal, both urban fantasy, rom-coms, contemporary, so on and so forth. Do you have a favorite to perform? <laughs> I do. I, do. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, the, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's simple, right? It's mm -hmm. the crazier, the better, the crazier, the better. Uh, I, uh, um, was lucky enough to work on this very fun series called, uh, oh man, what is it? I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, it's Michelle Mills. And, uh, I can't remember the name of the series, but it's, it's the, like monsters love curvy girls, I think. But it's all, it's such a mashup. It's, it's, it's an alien, so a science fiction romance. But the aliens, these particular aliens, very far away from Earth, look like a sort of quintessential devil. You know, big, red skin, jacked, uh, breathe fire, 
horns, the whole thing. But there's none of there. It's there's nothing religious about it. It's just mm-hmm. these are what these aliens look like. But of course, it's there because every time you hear a description of this this alien race, this is what they look like. Uh, but the thing is, is the the this culture, this alien culture, is like uh, they're sort of like the coneheads. At least that's the way I interpret them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're like incredibly emotional, but like as repressed. You know what I mean? So it's a super fun um, and combustible situation when one of these super emotional and sometimes violent, but mostly just emotional and repressed alien, so big and so powerful, meets a lovely human female and, and it gets cuckoo. It just gets cuckoo. And so I did the first one. It was called His Human Nanny. And uh, I reading it, I was like, oh, I know, I know where this guy is. He's, he's, he's like crazy down here. And the, uh, but he's also, um, so it's like all the gravel in the world. And I have to do a first thing in the morning. And the, uh, he's, but he's like heady. He's like a stockbroker, essentially. And, and so I'm doing this thing and I do the book and it comes out great. And it's a lot of fun. And then the producer hits me up again and she says, Hey, she loved it. Are you up for the second? I was like, mm. yeah, sure. I could do that. She says, okay, she wants the same thing, but it's his older brother. And so his voice is a little, little lower. I was like, um, no. <laughs> you know, that was about the basement. That's about as low as it's going to go. Uh, but I'll figure something out. She was like, okay, fine. Let me do a couple of minutes for, uh, you know, just a scene or whatever for us. So she gets, cause it's all first person narrative. And uh, which is also really fun because then it's more character. It's more like doing a solo performance. Which, I mean, third person is fun too, but, but mm-hmm. this is special because it's such a character. And, uh, and she heard it and she liked it. So, and now I think I'm four books and we got two more in the pipe. It's, it's, it's a really fun world. So it's super off the wall because it's paranormal. It's, it's it's science fiction and it's like hardcore romance, lots of steam. So it's it's got all this stuff and I love it. Mm-hmm. I did another one too that was kind of a mashup that was like a reverse harem romance, uh, but they were all super wealthy frat boys. <laughs> they were like, you know, they were best friends and everything, but they mm-hmm. were frat boys and they went with this uh, young woman and that just I was because it was right like coming off of me too and everything and I don't have a lot of experience with this because I'm I'm new to this world mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of romance but every one in a new part of romance is a new experience for me and I'm learning more and more thankfully there are fantastic resources and people to talk to online when I have questions uh so even though now I understand a lot of this stuff is is tropey <laughs> you know fun tropes that that people love and 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 go back to again and again to me it's like brand new and taboo and risque and so the (laughs) more crazy it seems to me then the more excited i well the thing is that there's also there's a difference between the subgenres and the tropes so you can have the subgenre be alien elements within it right yeah exactly and you can have things with aliens and still be the billionaire for some reason but yes yes oh and that's it and that's it they're all that's great 
or the you know or, the, or it goes back to that whole like you know friends to to lovers or enemies to lovers it's all this stuff those are these tropes that are where we tend to go back more for as well as those subgenres yes but, yeah it's, yes. it's fun and creative that's for sure <laughs> i love i mean i love sort of waking up into this world that mm -hmm. i knew nothing about because mm -hmm. it i mean i mean let's be honest it's not marketed to me this is not these things are not written necessarily for me in mind but i have had so much fun with them and my wife will read a romance novel once in a while but usually she's going more historical romance or something mm -hmm. like that but this is like this is super fun stuff and i wish i had known about it earlier and i I remember reading an article about if you ever want to understand women more, read romance novels and, mm -hmm. and ask questions and it will do you so much good. And I feel like that is for, 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 for serious mm -hmm. true. It is really helpful to, to take the, um, that perspective seriously and understand kind of where an audience is coming from as well as where the the artists are coming from yeah to 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 i don't know to understand a little more truth yeah so not in on the personal level but now that you've been doing this now for three years and been narrating a lot of romance have you learned some stuff when it comes down to being in a relationship whether i mean know. i fight less with my wife i mean that's <laughs> that's good that's got to be something right i'm well, a, i'm i'm a better listener i'm a better uh communicator i'm more patient uh i can't say that's all <laughs> romance novels but like yeah i okay. i definitely have more empathy from living inside of and I don't mean that in the pun way, but living inside <laughs> these female characters for the last three years in a way mm -hmm. I never would have in TV and film, even theater. I would mm -hmm. never get to experience that. So yeah. that's a treat. Yeah. That's a treat. I, I think that that's definitely something that's been more open about the romance community and having those conversations with our significant others and partners, but also that it's been more in the forefront when it comes down to movies and not even like on Netflix, like based on the romance novel, blah, blah, blah. And mm. it's more out there. And so people are starting to be more aware that this genre exists and that it could just be for fun, which most of the stuff is, but also the stuff that you can learn, you know, whether it's communication or just like asking so about tonight <laughs> mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's 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 really cool totally you mentioned that a little bit too uh, about historical romance is there a genre um that you would like to do more of that you have not yet done aside from historical oh well just more history okay more history more um biographies more uh science fiction i always love science fiction usually they go like i i'm great with you know doing a lot of character stuff and, mm -hmm. and dialects and stuff but a lot of those you know like war novels a lot of crime drama a lot mm -hmm. of that stuff they really go with the 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 hyper gravelly stuff and i can do that but it's harder to sustain for long 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 periods of time so i understand why i don't necessarily uh, or i don't usually get thrown those books very often when i do it's thrilling because it's you know oh i don't get to do this very often cool mm -hmm. Um, but I would love to do, yeah, more, 
more nonfiction, more biographies, more history, because that's usually what I, what I'm going after in my own spare time. So it's like a twofer. Yeah, I know you can, you know, have fun and get paid for it at the same time when it comes down right. to stuff that you want to read um, on your right. own. There, and there's also like a really, uh, a real intrinsic enthusiasm, which <laughs> frankly, I think might hold me back sometimes on those auditions, because when mm -hmm. I start reading about something that's a uh, historical event or whatever, I get so excited about it. And a lot of the times they just want something a little more academic. Mm. Someone who's just going to read it off the page. This is what it is. And you're going to understand it. It's going to be clear. And you're going to have your own opinion on it. We don't want you to suggest <laughs> what we're supposed Heaven to Heaven forbid that now. you suggest that it, this might be kind of fun. <laughs> Which is, you know, I mean, it's legitimate, right? That's, yeah, I mean, I that's, why, yeah. that's why podcasts are often... Uh, like documentary journalistic podcasts and stuff are done the way they're done. So yeah, mm -hmm. why, why books were read that way? Because mm -hmm. there are plenty of people who don't want you to tell them how to feel. Yeah, They just want it neutral. Mm -hmm. And that's great for someone else. Yeah, <laughs> It's not, I mean, I can do it, but it's not, it's just not as fun. Mm -hmm. you know? I can. Yeah. We yeah. have our thing that we like to do more of. So that's good. Right. What aspect of the audiobook community has surprised you the most? Uh, I don't know if I talked about it already or we talked about it before we pressed record. Well, I know you mentioned um, the from it's the peers' perspective, yeah, the, the difference. The difference between entertainment and publishing. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I and mean, that's got to be it. It's just so much more open, it's so much mm -hmm. breezier. Yeah. Uh, people are much more approachable. You can, you can shoot. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of these casting directors and emails still and uh, a lot of them will respond to you. They're all very busy people, but everyone's much more approachable mm -hmm. uh, than I think things are in, in TV and film and even theater, to, you know, mm -hmm. to some extent. It's. Yeah, but it's also this is the first time where I don't feel like I'm necessarily swimming upstream. You know, they talk about starting an acting career is like trying to start a fire with wet matches. And it feels like that a lot of times. And then you'll have good months or you'll have good years and everything's coming up roses and then you'll be dry. And it's like, just give me an audition. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but with the, the audio stuff, it's felt like such a warm, welcoming place and I've been able to find work. So it's mm -hmm. been cool. Yeah, the other thing too, I, I would say that the when it comes down to that community though, the listeners are part and more included as well. Mm. in that conversation of what the community looks like, not just the industry side of things. Yeah, everyone's more accessible. And yeah. Mm -hmm. On both sides, audience and, and the content producers and whatnot. That's great. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, because I know that we the listeners love it when, you, when we find you guys on social media and you're sharing the excitement of the fact that you're going to get this book and or that you mm -hmm. just finished it and it's really cool. Yeah. And or also just to get those emails that say, oh, my God, Patrick, you were the best at oh, this character. That must always be the best. Yeah, that's always right? great. I always I always try to, like, respond as as I, don't, I never know what's appropriate. You know what I mean? Like, how much do I respond? How little do I respond? Um, but I try to at least like acknowledge it whenever someone sends me something and I don't always do it right away because, you know, we're all Is busy, he? but, <laughs> but, um, I try to stay on it because I'm, I'm so appreciative when, when mm -hmm. someone says, Patrick, I really love this or I really love that. Like, I love it. It's, it, it keeps you going. It's really it mm -hmm. swells your heart. Yeah.
it's always good feedback and also just a little bit more of uh, yeah, I'm doing a good job. You know, like, yeah, it's still cool, you know, to be doing it. Yeah. And that, and that's tricky too, because like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I mean, clearly you've been talking to me for last hour or whatever. I'm, I am a goofball and I'm very silly and, and I'm very, um, I don't know, awkward and, and I stutter a lot and, and I'm thinking three things at once. So I have to figure out which one I'm going to say on the fly and it never comes out as smooth as I'd hope. <laughs> so, but, but like all the stuff I play as often, you know, that guy's way too cool for school. That guy is, <laughs> that guy is, he's, he doesn't have time for you. Yeah. And so like, that's all out there and I never want to be seen for real as that guy, but mm -hmm. if someone wants to pay me to be that guy. I'm, I am ready. That's to a be. different story though, because you're getting yeah. paid for it. Yeah. No, you guys are our, like the equivalent of our rock stars, the narrators, as well as the authors. And and so we always have this idea of what potentially you could be like. Um, and then we get to know you guys better because of the social media connections mm -hmm. or for mm -hmm. interviews like this where, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm no longer nervous. I'm good. Yay. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's just one of those where we are always really interconnecting and then we'll have authors reach out to us and say, as, as a listener saying, Hey, you know, who, who do you recommend for this character as far as the narrator goes? So I've helped cast. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. Yeah. And, because and, you've got your finger on the pulse. You're talking to all these different people. Yeah. But also the listeners know what they like. And we, you know, there's the voracious listeners and, mm -hmm. you know, we all have our favorites. I'm not telling you mine. Um, no. <laughs> but Playing we're it's safe. I love yeah. it. Oh God. Yeah. Um, but we have these people who are like, okay, well you said that the character was growly and that will let this just do this one, you know, cause Jason Clark, for example, has a great growly voice or. Oh, he does. Some, he does. Or, yeah. Or there's going to be some kids around. So let's just, you know, do it with like a Joe Arden cause he does a really good kid voice. And then also mm -hmm. same thing with the females, you know, accents like Vanessa Edwins, Andy, I mean, they're, there's still a lot, a lot of great people in this community from mm -hmm. a narrative perspective. So it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a great group of everyone connected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I've learned is as an actor and, and even as a new audiobook uh, narrator, you try when you're new at anything, mm -hmm. you try so hard to be all things to all people because you don't know who you are. You don't know what you're good at. You don't know what they want. <clears throat> and it takes time to figure out what that is. And I, I don't even, I mean, I'm, God, I'm in my forties. I don't even know who I am half the time, but I know parts of me pretty well. Uh, and that makes a big difference in letting go of, well, why don't I ever get this? Why don't I ever get that? Why don't I ever hear about auditions for blah, 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 blah? because mm -hmm. you just, that's, that's just not it. That's not your, that's not yours. Mm -hmm. It's coming that your job's coming. You just gotta hang out. And once you figure out kind of where you're comfortable and even, you know, the edges of your comfort zone and, and you're still curious about trying new things and whatnot, when you're better at being specific about what those things are, then all of a sudden those things just start to float towards you. It's mm -hmm. amazing. And it's so effortless compared to when you're starting out and you're just trying to be everything to everyone. Yeah, because you want the gigs, but you also want to be able to learn things. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're not working, what do you do for fun? 
Well, I'm a dad. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of time for for my fun. So I had my a few months ago. I had a midlife crisis purchase, and uh, I told my buddy about it. And he goes, "Oh no, what kind of motorcycle did you buy?" Oh no, 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 motorcycle, motorcycle. Have you ever heard of a one wheel? Yeah. So it's like a skateboard and a Segway wrapped into one. And growing up in New England, I did a lot of snowboarding, skiing mm-hmm. and stuff. And I had just before the lockdown had bought a skateboard. And so I was skateboarding on this longboard uh, around my neighborhood with my kids on their bikes and whatnot. And that was fun. And I felt like I was getting back to my roots. And then, <laughs> and then uh, we had lockdown and I was terrified of, you know, breaking a wrist or something and having to go to the hospital and then being exposed and all that. So I, I started getting <laughs> Facebook, social media, and and their and their algorithms got me, and they started putting this one wheel in front of me, and eventually I broke down and I got it, and I was so embarrassed because I knew my wife was going to give me shit about it, and uh, she did, but I took it out and I started using it, and I was it was good at it. I was it was just like I was snowboarding again. I was going all over my neighborhood, all over San Diego, and then I bit it. I bit it so bad. But I didn't give up. I was like, no, it's fine. You know, something happened with the board. I can't do that. It's fine. I'll be cool. So I go back to writing it. And it's like the best part of my day. And I'm like taking it from my house down, you know, three, four miles to the beach. And it's the best ever. And I get almost home and I bite it again. And for some reason that day, I didn't have wrist guards on. And I totally messed up my wrist. Still not uh-huh. right. Still not right. And like major road rash, I showed my kids and it scared the heck out of them. And, uh, and so then I can't ride it for another like five or six weeks. And then my wrist is just starting to feel better. And I take it out again. And oh of course, I, 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 I messed myself worse than I ever did. I separated it's- my shoulder oh. and, and, and came up, was able to drive myself home and just felt like my girlfriend just broke up with me. I was so sad. I was so, so sad. Um, I, cause I knew I had to let this thing go. That was bringing me so much joy in a time when, you know, we're all so lonely and there's mm-hmm. so we're like stuck in this house and I'm, st- I've been in my neighborhood and only my neighborhood so much for the last year. So finally I put it on and I sold it and I'll buy like an e-bike or something like that. It'll be fun. But up until, I don't know, a month ago, my one wheel was one of the coolest things in the world that I did for fun. Oh my God. I looked it up while you were talking and I was yeah. like, and I'm going, ha, ah, fuck no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is literally a, a one wheel with the stick in, in, in the middle of it. And you're having to balance that. And just the idea of you having to take one foot off that. That's remember you two feet keep you balanced on this shit. Yes. Oh God. It's great. It's great. And like, if you know how to skateboard or snowboard, it's pretty easy to pick up and learn. Uh, So I did, but the difference is like, unlike wakeboarding or snowboarding, when you fall Mm. at 15 miles an hour, Mm -hmm. that shit hurts yeah so so i finally give because the thing is the other thing i really enjoy is running i've i've run a couple marathons and uh, i run as much as i can schedule permitting Mm -hmm. and 
I couldn't do that because everything hurt. I couldn't move my shoulder at all. And uh, I love, you know, swimming with my kids. I love throwing my kids around and wrestling and all the things that I value more than as much joy as that awesome invention brought me. Yeah. Uh, all the other things that I really, really, really enjoy and value. It didn't allow me to do. And so I didn't want to put that. At st- and then, you know, things are opening up again. And mm-hmm. thank God I didn't have an audition come up because I wouldn't have been able to do a fitting. I wouldn't have been able to go up to the wardrobe department and try it on a bunch of clothes because I couldn't even wear a t-shirt for six weeks. I was only wearing button downs because it was so painful to get dressed. And all. I couldn't wash my own hair. Oh, I was miserable. Yeah, see, <laughs> the fact that you had a few wipeouts, um, that would have been it. <laughs> and and they got progressively worse. worse. I, think that I would was, have been like, yeah. I think something or someone's trying to tell you something. Patrick. Exactly. It just, so. <laughs> I have to be told multiple times because I'm that stubborn. You're, 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 you're dedicated. <laughs> There's my HR yes. popping in. <laughs> yes, I am dedicated. Yes. If you could have any animal as a pet, mm-hmm. what would it be? Any animal. So not just domestic. I love dogs, but we don't live. I want a house. Mm -hmm. When I own a house and I have a backyard and I can let my dog out, then I'll get a dog. But while we are still, you know, either renting or don't have a big backyard for a dog, like I don't mind taking a dog for a walk. That's great. But when you're renting and stuff, it's hard to get into a place hard to, because it like limits your options. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. Uh, but I love dogs a lot. I love dogs a lot. I had a, when I was in high school, we had a Bernice mountain dog mm-hmm. and they're just the coolest, sweetest big dog. And I miss him. Um, they don't live very long, like a lot of big dogs, which is sad. But uh, I think I would get a like a Bernice mix. But I've always wanted to have three dogs. You know, I want like I want three dogs <laughs> where one is a big dog, oh, one no, is don't. a medium dog. <laughs> oh boy! Well, because the Bernice was he was like 120, and that was awesome. Yeah. It was so fun. Oh, yeah. uh, of course, I asked my parents; they might have something else to say. But then a medium-sized dog, and then a smaller dog. So you have all three and to have them all different ages. So when one passes away, you know, it doesn't devastate the whole household and you, you get another one and you, mm-hmm. it's all spread out over. You have years. a plan. So I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is my wife's plan, but I think it's a really good plan. And yeah. I would sign up for it in a heartbeat. My kids and my wife get a dog tomorrow, mm-hmm. but we have two cats mm-hmm. and we just don't, I mean, first of all, it would be the meanest thing to do to these like 14 year old cats to get a dog. <laughs> these are these two lovely Brooklyn yard kitties who are still two inches from feral. We got them when we were living in Brooklyn out of our backyard and we brought them in and they love us and they love when it's quiet, which is means when the kids are not awake. Uh, so to bring a dog into that situation just feels cruel. Well, it's me. nice that you think about the cats that way. You know, they're not yeah. going to be around that much longer. They're 14. Yeah. So I've got some time before the pressure really starts. Yeah. Oh, well, off air. Well, I'll tell you about my five dogs and the two cats. Then I'll let you. See, five is. Yeah. No, no, no. <sighs> that's, that's more. 
It's more it's than two I can more than what you wanted. And they range in size, okay? And age. But you so. have so much love to give. <laughs> I do. It's okay. And that's why you're there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, if you could be any dis- Disney character, who would it be? I would <laughs> be something magical. Uh, not necessarily a good guy mm-hmm. because it doesn't have to be the end of the Disney movie, right? No, I just said a Disney character. I mean, you could yeah. be Jafar, you could be one of the Bears siblings from Brave. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Gaston, um, know. <laughs> what's, um, what's her name? Uh, the Angelina Jolie. Oh, Maleficent. Maleficent. I would mm-hmm. love to be Maleficent. Oh, I think that would be cool. She's one of those anti heroes, and mm-hmm. she gets to be a flipping dragon, dragon. dragon come on mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so what song is it that as soon as it comes on and you hear you have to sing along with it uh anything billy joel uh and some people wear that like a badge and some people are ashamed of it mm-hmm. and i'm definitely on the badge side my first album was uh billy joel's innocent man mm-hmm. and i just remember listening to an uptown girl over and over again, thinking of this one little girl who was in my second grade class, who I had the biggest crush on. Man, she wanted nothing to do with me, but I would <laughs> listen to uptown girl. Seriously, one t- I finally, I finally built up the courage. I was going to buy her an ice cream. I like stole an extra like 50 cents off my dad's dresser. And so I got, it was ice cream day at school and I got one for me and I got one for her and I got it. And I, gave it to her and she just had the saddest look at her eyes. She just, PJ, thank you. Cause my, I go by PJ. My family calls me PJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, PJ, thank you so much, but I don't like you. <laughs> I think this is where it started. This is where the, the repression started. Yeah. I said, don't let her see it. Don't let her see it. It's okay. You can have it anyway. And I, I can't even remember if she took it or not, but that was the first probably time where i said oh god this hurts so much and i can't let anyone know (laughs) but you know who i could let know billy joel well i mean technically billy joel already knew yeah and he had put it into a whole album called innocent man Mm -hmm. relatively inappropriate for a seven-year-old songs on there but my parents didn't care because they were fans too uh so billy joel but there's one other there's one other song mm-hmm. um, that I used to play a lot when I was a uh, preteen playing video game, playing my uh, NES, my Nintendo, <laughs> uh, playing Super Mario Bros. or whatever. I got f- George Michael's Faith for a, uh, for a birthday or something like that. And something about the song Faith just got me. It was, I don't know if it was just the hook, that guitar hook on it or what, but it had me. And I would listen to that song and my adrenaline would immediately go up, but I was instantly in a flow state and I would hit every level, get past every, you know, Bowser, whatever I needed to do. I got it. And that translated because, you know, I stopped playing video games so much because I got busy with other things and then went to college and moved and 
had to become an adult, but I was at a bar in Cambridge. I was living in Central Square in Cambridge, and there was this awesome uh, bar called The Field, and there was a pool table there, and you would put your quarters on the table, and sometimes on a busy night, you'd have to wait hours till you finally got on the table. But on a weeknight, it was easy. So my roommates and I were there as often as we could whenever I wasn't in rehearsal or whatever. And, and then um, I was there one night and I'm not a good pool player. I'm not a good basketball player. I don't know if it's because I have poor depth perception or I'm just that uncoordinated, but I, I was playing pool and George Michael's faith came on and I hit everything. That same flow state just dropped all over me. It was perfect. So, so Billy Joel and George Michael's Faith are what I got to say are my favorite songs. Cool. And you'll sing along with them no matter where you're at. <laughs> it's, oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Whether good. it's karaoke or not. Okay, yeah. good. So now I have a vision of you at the grocery store. Um, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Did there. yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite word? Not your favorite curse word, because that comes later, but your favorite word. Do you have one? Yes. Well, I mean, I don't, uh, I, could, I could just throw a rock, but uh, there's a, there's a, a guiding principle behind it. It's, it's, uh, I really love onomatopoeia, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so I was trying to think of one that would be good. Uh, and for some reason, salacious comes to mind. I like salacious. Sounds like what I need it to sound like. How's that? Sounds like I'm going to get asked for that audio clip a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good That's cool. word. Yeah. That's cool. Isn't it? It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's the, the even how you say it is like, yay. Mm. Mm -hmm. so now, so what's your favorite curse word? They're all great. <laughs> They're all great. You just need them sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does, you know, they... Sometimes it cuts off, you know, other creative paths, but sometimes ugh, you need that, you need that guttural oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's gotta be fuck. It's gotta be, come on, what else? I mean, shit is in there too. Shit, 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 shit. That's gotta be in there too. Uh, which one comes up most around my kids? <laughs> And it's got to be one of those two. And they know, they know, these are grown-up words. These mm -hmm. are not words you get. Or if you do, you don't do them around grown-ups because it's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, we're still in that stage. Because in another, like, year and a half, two years, my daughter's going to start doing it to my face. And then there's going to be consequences. And it's going to escalate. Yeah. But for now, everything's cool. And she's happy to call us out on our swearing. And that's yeah. <laughs> right where I want it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, well, I will say that I went through a stage where I tried not to curse in front of my kid. Oh, and yeah. that was the most stressful. Oh, it's no good. It's no good yeah. because you start, you, you, I'm like, I can only use baloney for so much, you know, that's baloney. Cause that's like for bullshit, yeah. you know, but I'm going, ah, fudge and fudgeable sticks. No, 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 no. I'm like, I, and I said, listen, you know what? Mm -mm, fuck this shit. <laughs> Yep. Yep. just don't repeat it okay well it's also like it's also so for me it's i want it they're 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 powerful words right yes but only if you you know ascribe so much meaning to them and so mm -hmm. if the kids hear them too much mm -hmm. then they're not gonna 
that meaning goes away. So yeah. it's more important to me that that meaning is retained. So mm -hmm. I try to watch myself just yeah. for that. So mm -hmm. that when I'm laying it down, they're feeling it. Yes. Yeah, I, I want them to vibrate. I want that uh, uh. to hit them in their belly. Yeah. But my wife, not so much. She's <laughs> she she shoots her mouth off. She's mm -hmm. she's not protective with her words, shall we say? Mm -hmm. Well, again, it's like when they try to be sarcastic one time and I said, no, honey, you're not using it the right way. <laughs> And yeah. until you have that, the have it, you know, down packed, you cannot be using that. It's very powerful. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 cute. It's mm -hmm. cute watching them try to figure out sarcasm because yeah, God knows they've all gotten on way too much screen time in the last year. And they're watching more YouTube and you know, they love Minecraft and they love uh I don't know, one of you know, 10 other video games that they really love they're safe enough for them to do they'll watch all these youtubers these streamers play these games among us um and but these are not six-year-old kids no they're adults yeah. they're usually adults young adults and usually they mind their uh language but they don't mind the sarcasm and mm -hmm. certain other expressions and whatnot so watching my son who, well, both of them, God, both my kids are really good with language and that's, you know, makes me very proud. Uh, but watching them try to apply the stuff that they hear uh, while they're watching some of these streamers is hilarious and tragic. And then once in a while, I got to like pull them up and say, no, 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 you don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. That one's out of bounds. So, but that has been a fun experience this, uh, mm -hmm. this past year. Yeah. Well, we reached the portion of our chat where our, you're going to tell me three things about yourself and I'm going to try to figure out which one's a lie. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. So you got homework. So it's a lovely game that we like to play with our guests and just get to know you a little bit better. Figure out if you are a good liar or not. Um, in your case, being an actor, I'm, this should be pretty difficult um, unless I already figured some stuff out. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh pressures uh, yeah okay we play this game with my kids at mm. uh at the table because you know how kids when you ask what did you do at school today they're like nothing yeah and it's hard <laughs> to get them to to engage sometimes so we start playing this game but instead of calling it two truths and a lie we called it two reels and a silly and they love it and then of course they made their own version two sillies and a reel um but so it's familiar territory let's see what okay. i can muster up for you um, I drink about a cup, a uh, pot of coffee a day. I, um, I have completed one triathlon and <clears throat> I brew my own beer. Okay. That's a lot of coffee. Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that's a lot of coffee. Um, let's see. I had music to play. I'd play it for you. I didn't think. <laughs> um, is the coffee the lie then? No. No. Okay. So that's good and bad, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's not it's not great for me it's no. not great for my blood pressure yeah is I, it at uh, least decaf or no 
No. no okay. No, no, no. That's not real coffee. That's just colored no, water, no, no. right? What happens? <laughs> what happens? Yeah. What happens is I will kind of go through. Uh, it ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. So I'll drink. I'll start out. I started out drinking one or two cups a day. You know, probably in my thirties, and. So Certainly since I've been working from home, Mm -hmm. uh, then it would just work up to a pot and then find myself, you know, 10, 30 or whatever, trying to pour that next cup and it's empty and you go, oh, oh, that's no good. Uh, And then still getting a headache. So I said, okay, it's time to cut back and I'll work my way back down to like one or two. But then eventually it all goes back up to a pot and I pull myself back down, but yeah, okay, so finishing a pot on my own is not, is not uh, a lie. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So we have beer making or triathlon and you yeah. said that you like to run. So I would assume that is the truth. And thus beer is, fa- is not, but sorry, you are again incorrect. I had a feeling that you were doing the beer thing. I don't know why I was, I that. was trying to throw you off. Yes. I yeah. live in San Diego. The, mm-hmm. um, microbrew capital of of uh the united mm-hmm. states and it's great uh but coming from new england they're a little ipa heavy here mm-hmm. my opinion uh but <laughs> i do love i do love um making beer and beer recipes and tasting beer and uh yeah it's one of my one of my faves cool i will get to do a triathlon someday mm-hmm. but i have a i have a fear of uh uh large aquatic wildlife <laughs> okay <laughs> like not even like sharks necessarily but like a big stingray will freak me out or like mm-hmm. uh even a porpoise if it's nearby i'm out or a seal <laughs> or anything because those attract sharks you know what i mean yeah. like oh, there's yeah, always a reason for me to be scared with a large aquatic animal nearby so i don't know how they train for them i feel like maybe i could do one if I trained in a pool and I was with a lot of people, cause then I just have to be, I have to blend in. I just have to not be the slowest or the fastest. But now with the shoulder injury, who knows? Maybe exactly. I'll never yeah. Well, we we'll have to catch us up on all that beer making that you're doing and what's, yes. what's working, what's not, what's your favorite and all that stuff. And where we follow you on Instagram and all that places. Please do. Yeah. Please Beef. do. I hope I didn't talk your ear off too much. Like I said, I have not talked to a lot of people, so I am not playing it cool. I am just You're available fine. to chat. No, that's good. That's good. Um, so before we go, not officially, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little about what's currently, what you're currently working on and what's coming up next that you can share? Uh, yeah. So uh, I recently whoo, just finished a second book for um, uh, Catherine Logan. Uh, it's the Celtic brooch series. Uh, I did a topaz brooch, which was like a thousand dialects with uh, Marnie, audio sorceress, Marnie Young. Mm-hmm. And uh, so fun. Um, man, is she great to work with? She's, she's one of the most, she's like exactly what I talk about mm-hmm. when I'm saying these people are so generous and, and, and open and welcoming. Just amazing people. Uh, so this next book is called the sunstone brooch uh, and it's got a lot of those same characters uh, and some new ones uh but i love it just because i get to i have all these 
new challenges and, and dialects to work with. It's, it's a lot of fun. And it's historic, but it's mm -hmm. romance. So it, it checks a lot of boxes for me. And that's really fun. Um, I just booked uh, a soap. I can't say which one yet, but I'm going to be doing a, a character that comes up uh, a few times uh, okay. on one of the soaps. And I'm doing a sequel for a movie uh, in the fall. Uh, so that's coming up. Um, it was a sequel to Say Yes. It's called uh, Baby Steps. And um, very excited about that. Uh, yeah. And there's there are more audiobook things, mm -hmm. but I don't know like what I'm allowed to say. Yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm. You know what? You know what? Okay. There are two books that uh that i had so much fun doing last year that i want to mm. give a special shout out Ooh. because they were just very special to me uh they weren't romance but they're very cool uh, and i guess that's why they, they were so uh fun to do because they were just different according to my regular schedule one is called uh the exquisite uh, about this it's a story that isn't what you think it is. And, <laughs> and that's kind of one of the things that makes it so fun. Uh, but uh, again, lots of dialect stuff. Um, and then another one called Immortal Divorce Court, which is sort of a romance. Um, it's kind of a Don Juan uh, fantasy. Uh, I don't want to say any more than that, but it's, okay. it's a paranormal romance uh, vampire type thing. But so... These are, and they're again a million freaking dialects, uh, paranormal and a lot of like mythology, like nice Greco Roman mythology involved mm -hmm. in it. So it's true blood meets uh, meets Percy Jackson, but <laughs> but but like you know, 18th century, so mm -hmm. maybe a little outlander in there. Yeah, wow, yeah, well, thanks for yeah. shouting we'll those out. We'll we'll pick those up, do, do. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Patrick, for um, being my guest this year for this audiobook living series. Hey, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. You're great. Thanks. And I listened to some of your other podcasts. You're really oh, great. You are, you are smooth. You are, you are engaging. Well done. Thank you. That means you'll come back next time I ask you to come back then. Happily. <laughs> Just kidding. Happily. <laughs> happily yeah everyone thank you for hanging out with us today and we hope you've enjoyed this episode and interview and as uh, well as a series and until next time happy listenings the audiobook love and podcast has special patreon incentives join today to receive early access to podcast episodes exclusive content with our guests and much more support the podcast by becoming a patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to this series if you enjoy today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening.
Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program.